I got a fruit flavored water by mistake. Uh, Fancy, so, thank you. Sorry, wow. guys. I feel extra special today with this. Who knows what they use to put in this? It's not like it's the ingredients. Right? You probably know more about nutrition than I do. Depends what your definition of nutrition is. I'm very acute and aware of what I put in my body now after do getting you, very sick. Do you approve of this? I would not drink it on my own, but since I'm here, I'll partake in it. I'm never like. Let's cheers. Uh, let's cheers to a fruit splash. Yeah, whatever this is. But not the brand. Don't tell them because I know. Like, we'll have it facing. They do child labor, and we don't support them. Really? Okay. Uh, we'll have the the label <laughs> facing away from the camera. Okay. Wow, that's aggressive. It tastes like Dimatap. She she do does not that? approve. I don't actually. Um, have you ever had Dimatap? What that is? It's um like a liquid syrup that you give to kids to make them fall asleep. <laughs> it's probably shouldn't that, be that, legal. That sounds <laughs> illegal. That sounds illegal. Well, you know, like if a kid's like fussy or has like a sinus issue or whatever, it's you're like, like calm you're like them. you're like shh, drink it's this real quick. Brandy, it'll make you, you know? feel better. He's like, oh, it's sweet, thank you. Now you see why our generation's so effed up because like that's the stuff they were giving us when we were kids. Hmm. Yeah, we'll dive right. into all of that though. That's part of this whole journey in essence is unveiling what all we've been lied to about and you know trying well, to you're, you're here to tell us the truth yeah i didn't even take notes for this episode good, because good. i like you 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 are the notes and you got a mouth so i am the i got a mouth that's for sure <laughs> and the experience and the testimony yeah. so the testimony i think is what is most important i was just talking with someone this morning about it like we're in a world that's just so oversaturated with information knowledge anything you can google look up the only thing that's really true is your own testimony so with things like these podcasts and being able to use your voice like I just think everyone should have the opportunity no matter what your like size of your platform is or whatever because your testimony could touch one person and any amount of information that they've been googling or looking up could have never resonated with them except for what they heard from one person, you right. know, and that's Word like, of the mouth. yeah, that's the power of like having this, this ability nowadays. And so people like you with bigger platforms, giving a voice to those who maybe don't, you just, you have to be that catalyst, you know, you need to be the vessel that is the intermediary between those people that need their testimonies to be told. And, and it's not, it's not, for me, it's not about us. Like we have these pages and it's like, cool, but what are you doing with it? What right. are you allowing what's, what's other the people purpose? to come through it? Exactly. Like one of my friends said, uh, our testimonies are is going to be somebody's guide. And I, sure. I totally agree. For sure. I think that that's part of what I have realized through the last two years of getting sick and getting my surgery was like, I might have built, you know, put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into building this platform. But when I would go back to the for what? And like, I call it my why. What's my why, you know? And I started like unraveling that and being like, is it really about the looking a certain way and having that aesthetic portrayed as like a strong woman and then having girls look at me and go, oh, I want to look like that. And that whole like empowering thing, I was like, is that really what I'm here to do? Because at the end of the day, like that wasn't serving me anymore. And I realized like they're going to find their way to bettering themselves physically anyways but I, I want to serve on a different level and I started looking at my platform and like what can I be doing with this and lo and behold I guess you shouldn't ask some things that are 
you're not prepared for, but like mine was in getting really sick and needing to, you know, get my breast implants out. And I was like, well, I guess this is the journey I'm about to go on. And this is what I have my platform for. And now it's just like snowballed into advocacy and using my, my voice to help other girls through it and counsel them. And I would have never thought, you know, five years ago when I got on this platform, like, Hey, you're going to be talking about boobs every day of your life. And like going through that journey with women, Mm -hmm. but I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, it's just let it flow and, and be open to using your, your voice. And that's, I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm like any opportunity for someone to want to discuss these things that we're not really talking about, you know, especially in the fitness world, it's a kind of a underlining taboo of like everyone and their moms has breast implants, you know? And so it it puts um, me in a little bit of a shunned place where we don't want to look at it because then we'd have to look at ourselves. That happens when you speak the truth and it it comes to territory. Um, You know, like lights, um, light shines on darkness. And Mm -hmm. when people are living in darkness or living a lie, uh, it gets them in their feelings. So I really appreciate you coming today. I know you got a busy schedule and it's like very short notice. But I mean, um, do you want to be honest? Like there's, I don't have a busy schedule. Like, it could really ain't doing nothing nowadays, but could, working on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it could be busy. You know, you get you had, you had yeah, yeah, choices, but you chose to. I, be I think it just today. depends on yeah your uh, priorities. And for me, any time that I can share this this testimony, and any time I can say what uh, other women are going through on any platform that I can, like I jump at it because. To me, like the old Tamara, I I kept myself busy so that I didn't have to look at all the stuff face that the was truth. going on. Yeah, and so I was that person that was like constantly grinding and and super ambitious. And it's not to say that those things aren't still a part of me, but it's not, it's not the first thing that I go to 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 keep my mind off of closing in on what I need to do. And so for me, my whole like last year to year and a half, really since my surgery, has just been like getting really intentional about like the moments I have to, for me, it's been pressing into my faith and that's something I didn't have prior to, Mm. to getting sick. And so that's been the the biggest blessing and the biggest um, kind of guide in in what I'm doing now. Mm. So that, that is like, it takes a veil right off and you're like, I can no longer be like the person that I was and pretend all this stuff. Cause I think people want, truth and honesty and vulnerability and authenticity now more than ever and this is such a cool medium to be able to do that yeah that's why i'm i'm starting mine as well and it's just it's it's so cool to see people transitioning like from the the fitness world or any kind of genre that you think that's all they're good for a lot of people like to think people with yeah when it comes like, when it comes to muscles. when it comes to health and fitness like it's it's mental and spiritual first anyways mm-hmm. So uh, unfortunately, the fitness industry makes it too much about an image oh. and not enough about the mental and spiritual. So uh, for me, it was always about mental and spiritual. People saw the results, the physical results of the mental and spiritual. But I was like, eh, I mean, that's just, yeah. that's part of it. But um, the journey and um, the character, the person you become mentally and spiritually and how you inspire others is what inspired me the most. That was my that was my slate. I was I was trying to get it in there, but I was like, 
he's sharing some uh, very uh, valuable. Wow, I didn't even know. You didn't warn me we were going to slate before we start. I'm just over here like, that was the uh, intro 45 yeah, minutes yeah, I li- later. I like to just go go into it. But uh, guys, thank you for uh, joining us back on another episode of Max Your Mind. I'm Max Phillips there, and we got oh, Tamara Day's Day. in the building. <laughs> T- today is Tamara's day. Oh, That's your camera you. right there if you want to oh. speak to the audience. I, I, know, I know you got some very important things to say to the <laughs> women and us men as well. Yeah. So um, today is Tamara's day. That's how I'm going to oh, label you. this episode. Uh, <laughs> but, I'm glad um, to be here. And yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that a lot of men too because I oh, think yeah. on, on the topics that I've, I uh, am more involved in now, one would think like, oh, it's just a woman's thing because we're the ones experiencing it. But we have to understand it's a it's a what you experience culture. is we we experience yeah and differently. I, I mean it's for me it's about really trying to change the narrative around how we look at body image how we look at changing ourselves and especially in the fitness world when you're talking about transformations the whole idea is like we live in a very aesthetic world and so yeah your goal might be to lose x amount of weight or to to gain this kind of muscle or, or attain a body shape but at the end of the day, like that goal might be what's driving you, but you know, it's about all those pivotal moments in the interim that are like really teaching you the things. And so for me, if I can just like reach any amount of people, doesn't matter to let them know, like my journey to getting this aesthetic has been so like not linear and, and just all over the place. And like to give some sort of, of reference point for, for people like Fitness is what got me here, but it's not my my whole story, you right. know. It's and part of your life. Yeah, and and I I just want people to know like that in whatever part they are in that trying to ascertain that goal, like that is where you're supposed to be, right there. And and I didn't. I was so focused on where I needed to be that God had to stop me and like literally cut me at the knees and be like, "You're not looking at things the way that." I need you to, and that has taken me on this amazing journey of now being such a big proponent of getting down to like your your truth and your purpose, and so and I'm just trying to walk it out like as raw and authentic as I can because it doesn't always look really pretty in, in that, and I'm used to like a very poised and perfected kind of image and that was always a a intentional thing because I wanted girls to see that and be like okay like she has it together so I'm going to be inspired to do those same things and I always thought like if I don't have it together they're not going to be inspired to go do those things and what I'm actually learning in the unraveling of this whole thing is like there's actually more strength and more quote-unquote like influence or whatever in walking them through it as you more value through it yeah and then I think we want that. We want that sense of, like, oh, shit, they're really going through it the same way I am, you know? And I was so afraid for people to see that vulnerable side of me, like, truly vulnerable. I could like, I could uh, relate because um, with my marketing team, they're like, you you come off a little intimidating on your social media, your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, eating weights, killing weights, and that's your, mm-hmm. that's your, uh, cap- the captions and the pictures. He's like, people might be inspired, but they might, they might not be able to relate. You gotta show them that you, you you can be vulnerable. You've had um, failures. You gotta share some of those uh, mm-hmm. situations, testimonies with them, so they can. That, Has that, that been just like in the most recent? 
that has been recent. Pushed into this stuff? You started looking at that? No, because I, I have these um, conversations behind closed doors. Right. I just didn't make it part of my social media branding because I, I'm prior military, and that's my style of training. Uh, very little talking, just action. Right. But right. but that doesn't that's not really a people person. Uh, yeah. But you're still <laughs> able to build, you know, a, a platform based upon people being drawn to you for... Whatever yeah, reason they feel inspired by that. There's you know? like there's levels to like the engagement and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I totally agree with you. And um, I I, I want to hear what happened bef- from like what what happened from like Tamra that I was seeing on social mm-hmm. media at the fitness expos. Right. Uh, huge change. You know, like especially like going yeah being like at expos and being a part of that top whole world. female fitness model public figure and like yeah, what were you doing? And I can then, just say. Like, how did that, like the the transition? What, what happened? <laughs> okay, Basically. well, uh, God stepped in, was like, what yeah, does that mean? Well, you can't uh, be going about this like this anymore. You know, um, I was always, uh, I think, searching for that one thing that was going to help me get through the things that were in my head, and so what was in your head? That's like a deep question. So like, you know, if anyone suffers from... You don't have to tell us everything, but we need some insight. Well, no, I mean, I'm an open book, but I mean, it's just like, how long do you have here? Because I'm going to like... I mean... I think everyone gets into um, a fitness space, whether it be their own transformation or for me stepping into the world of bodybuilding. Um, You push yourself physically because there's things you are trying to battle, right? So not everyone, but I'll say from my own experience... I was stepping into a world that I knew if I could transform my outer appearance, I would get a sense of like safety in my life and a sense of protection that I didn't feel I ever had. So You're talking about self-defense? No, it's it's a little bit deeper than that. It's like um, so for me, I have sexual trauma in my past as okay. a child, and so dealing with that later in life. Um, I realized the ways that I compensated and the ways that I kind of pushed it down, didn't want to look at it. And so mm-hmm. for me, it was there was a sense of um, if I can build up this aesthetic to be strong and to be like, um, I call it unfuckwithable, then, okay. then I wouldn't have to experience that again. Okay. And I took on this persona of a strong individual and went after ambitious goals and created this like, brand for myself and I I started to see the ways that women were responding to me and it was something I'd never experienced before like having someone say like I'm so inspired by you or I'm motivated by you and those are things I never heard in my past I was like extremely bullied for the ways that I looked or the way that I acted and just like who I was was definitely different than a lot of people and you look much different than you did as a fitness model like when you were being bullied yeah. I mean, <laughs> the fitness model at, you know, 22, 23 versus a, a 15 year old. Yeah. Like, like I, what was the issue? Why, why were they bullying you? So basically <laughs> for me, the bullying I experienced was I had a lot of um, skin issues. I mm. grew up with an autoimmune condition. So I had psoriasis over 70% of my body for most of my teenage years. And that comes from the stress of me holding in a lot of my traumas from my past. And mm-hmm. Um, and I had really bad acne and I had extremely curly, crazy hair and I was muscular. I was an athlete my whole life. So I never focused on 
like aesthetically what I look like I was just trying to perform you know as a as a soccer player I played every sport basketball softball volleyball soccer and um I was just tormented my nickname was Tam the man growing up like they were just pretty like awful and would like vandalize my house and stuff and just it oh, was um, crossing the line right there going to the house <laughs> yeah it's like, I mean kids will be kids but um yeah it affected me for sure and so building up this persona was like you can't fuck with me now like I'm gonna show you guys that I'm gonna make it and you know there will be n- nothing against me but as we know that that's a fallacy and that's something we create in our minds and you can never run from the things that are going to be tormenting you. And most of the demons then live in your head. Those kids don't still exist, but you adopt those, those beliefs and you start to kind of think that you are the things that they say to you. So I, I had this, this battle of both being made fun of for my physicality and my, you know, musculature. And the other side was I was getting all this kind of like, praise and props for having it so I definitely didn't find myself through that I was just constantly searching I was loving the adoration of being a motivation for people and also battling the old wounds of of not wanting to be that person not wanting to look like that person so caught in the middle of that for years just grow trying to grow a brand and and you know being in the public uh, sphere and um, trying to keep up with that there just comes a pivotal time. I think everyone's is different. I think for me, God was like, yeah, it's time you need to just check yourself now. And I wasn't going to stop on my own. I was too far in. And um, I got a lot of self-worth from the things that I accomplished. And so that wasn't going to show me, you know, my truths that I needed to work on. So what's a good way to stop someone is like make them physically ill so that they can't do anything. So you, you, b- you so. believe God made you ill? Um, I mean, I think he allowed it. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think made you ill? I know what made me ill is my breast implants. A- along with being so tormented spiritually by the things and mentally that I battled, your immune system can't be in that fight or flight for that long, plus having foreign entities in your body, it's going to finally come to a head. Mm-hmm. And not everyone experiences it, but most of the women that I help through this process have very similar stories in regards to it's a, it's a fast decline once you start getting sick, but you never know what's going to trigger it. It could be an injury, it could be just a stressful time, it could be that they leak or rupture. Mine had none of those. Mine was just my body just started breaking down 2016. When you say breaking down, like what was the symptoms? What, what did you experience? Um, I had a lot of symptoms. Uh, now looking back retrospectively, I had a lot more than I thought. I just pushed them off because I know how to push through pain. I know how to work through pain. And um, some of the, the symptoms that started right away were um, and I have I have a separate business outside of social media that um, I'm, I have my own spray tanning business. I've been doing that for 15 years. So um, I just figured some of the symptoms I had were because I was like inhaling some of the spray solution and I was having like really bad uh, sinus infections and bronchitis. And um, so that was stuff that I dealt with uh, personally, but always pushed through that to, you know, make video shoots happen, photo shoots, like whatever I was working on, you know, Um, I always pushed through it. Again, like 
you're not going to look at your own shit unless you have something that really affects you personally. And, and each person is affected differently of what's going to stop them, what's going to make them have to look at what's going on. And finally, probably like 2018, mid-2018, I started getting um, really, really bad. They call it brain fog. It's like where you can't remember things that you were just talking about like five minutes before and then mm-hmm. things like long-term memory was just completely gone, um, which scared me because I, I think I'm a pretty articulate person and I have a, a decent memory and, and everything was gone. And so that started freaking me out and I started getting tests done and um, they couldn't find anything, but they were like, there's definitely something you know going on with you. Um, bronchitis, sinus infections, the pneumonia started like end of 2018 and then I had it all the way up to my surgery. So by the time I needed surgery, I had lost like 30 pounds and I'm only 5'2", so it was a lot. Um, I had numbness down my hands and my feet and I just, inside, the only way I can explain it and other girls who have gone through it feel this similar, you just feel like you're 90 years old. Like everything hurts, your bones hurt, your joints hurt, you're you're weak, you feel like very fragile because silicone poisoning essentially is like, shuts down every system in your body. So it can manifest in different ways, but at the same time, you're just going to feel awful. And there's not one particular test that's going to show that it's from the implants. You just How long did you have them in bef- um, before you started experiencing the initial symptoms? Like I said, retrospectively, probably three years, but I didn't know it. So I didn't get put on my ass till like year five. But I had him for six total, got him out my sixth year, which I'm very grateful for. A lot of women suffer for a lot more years than that before they realize that it's that. But some of the symptoms cause women to have the manifestations of Crohn's disease and Lyme disease and MS and fibromyalgia. And they end up getting like hysterectomies and things that are unnecessary because they don't realize that it's the implants that are causing their Mm -hmm. whole system to get out of whack. And that's why I do the, the... speaking that I do and the work that I do counseling women and being an advocate is like there's so many women that are just in this still in a belief that they don't do anything to you and that oh I'll figure it out like when I get a symptom well by the time you have a symptom that's you're aware of you're already deep into it like your body's shutting down so did did you have one place um above or below the muscle I was over the muscle and as we've found out through our studies, like it's there's no difference. It's still in your physical body it under the still skin. Still do the same damage if it mm-hmm. leaks. It, no, if it doesn't leak, any it doesn't have to leak. Oh, it, it wasn't because it leaked that it made you no, sick. It's just uh, having a foreign entity in your body placed at the temperature that your internal state is at. Um, they start to instantaneously what they call microbleed. So the little bits of particles that the bags are made out of slow leak into your bloodstream. And so from the day they're put into your body, you start your body's having like breakdown. Yeah, body and your body has to go into it. like fighting it off. And so you have all, think of like all your immune system is going to that. So mm. then if you have anything else go wrong with you, you have less of a chance of fighting that off, which is why women Makes are sense. getting like cancers and all these different things in their in their lymph system because there's nothing to actually fight that. And so I just do my due diligence of like being there to be a, um, 
like a refuge for women to be like asking you questions and they might not be in the state of like being ready to take them out because it's a huge jump. Like, I want to hear more about your story because that that's what they're going the women and men are going to tune into. Like, so like you started having a, a more aggressive symptoms where you, you got checked in and then you said you got surgery. Like, yeah, and what? so I mean, it, it's definitely a, a crazy time when you're being told by doctors that they don't know what's wrong with you and every test under the sun doesn't show anything and so you start to feel crazy you start to like everyone around you is kind of being like I don't understand why this person's falling apart in front of our eyes but I kept that all really um, private and I didn't share any of it on social media because I was so worried like what was happening to me and so I kept pushing through it I, I was in a relationship at the time and I kind of led on to how sick I was but I think a lot of my ego was still like I can't let this person see that I'm weak or that I can't you know handle things because mm -hmm. I've always prided myself on being someone who just handled their shit and I did things yeah and, and so that was a big contention for me was that you know I maybe if I would have been more open about it you know like maybe things would have turned out differently but everything happened the way that it needed to it was just a matter of um by the time I couldn't even like get out of bed so I'd sleep I'd be in bed for like 18 hours a day just you feel like you can't even open your eyes the exhaustion is just a lot um I had I'd gotten like a penicillin shot for the the pneumonia it didn't work and so I had seen like it was a, like I think it's a god thing I saw this girl's post on a um a page called the medical medium he's just does some amazing like detox protocols for people and I was Instagram? trying to figure out mm -hmm. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, what uh, I could do for the brain fog and for the different symptoms I had. But I didn't think it was correlated to one thing. I just was like, wow, I have a litany of things going on with me, and I got to figure it out. So I was divinely led to this guy's page, and then when I'm looking at it, I just happened to glance at a girl's post on it, and it said, like, I'm finally able to feel like myself after breast implant illness. And I'm like what is that? Like, I've never even heard these words before, you know, and, but something like deep down in me just resonated. So I went to her page and I just started like, like down the rabbit hole, you know, like reading every single post and finding out everything that was going on with her. And I'm like, oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's I, I'm experiencing all this. So I mean, that's why I say for people to share their testament, because you just never know who it's going to reach. I mean, this girl had like 300 followers and I'm like, just on her page for five hours. And uh -huh. it just led me down the gnarliest rabbit hole for probably like, four or five days straight just researching it all and then that's when I decided like I have to look into this and so I started uh, going to plastic surgeons to try to um, you know talk to them about getting them out and the resounding answer was you don't want to get them out that's not actually what's making you sick like let's just replace them let's give you better ones newer ones this that whatever like it's a business yeah, they're like, you're going to be deformed. You're not going to like the way you look. Other people are going to be, like, not liking the way you look. Like, it's, it's your industry. You shouldn't. I, I heard everything. So by the eighth appointment, I was over it. I'm just, like, sitting on my couch, just bawling. I felt so isolated. I had moved out of the place I live with my current, with the boyfriend at the time. And I just had pretty much lost everything. Couldn't work and defeated and at this point, I'm like, well, I guess this is, like, how it's going to end. Like, I'm just going to waste away, and I won't be able to figure out what's wrong with me. And um, I just remember my dad was like, I have one. Like, he's a chiropractor. And I was like, I have, a, I have a patient I've been seeing for seven years. He's a plastic surgeon. I don't know if he could help you, but maybe just call him and see. And 
So I called so and kind of like. Before you go today, like the, the eight appointments you had, they refused to take them out? I wouldn't say refuse as much as vehemently discouraged, discouraged me to for doing it because for them, it's like not a good business strategy to have their patients come out of working with them looking quote unquote worse than how they came in. So they're all aesthetic driven. You know, that's their money makers is like someone walking around being like, oh yeah, I saw so-and-so doctor like, oh, you know, like they don't want someone being like, that's But would, would they work. have done the work for you if you mm. asked them or paid for it? Oh, I I've fully came in to pay for them. It's just not a normal thing for them to hear to just take them out. They wanted to just like put better ones in, newer ones in, whatever. So ultimately, like it was also a, a gut thing. Like I didn't want to go under the knife with someone that didn't believe me. Like okay. all of them didn't believe the symptoms that I had were correlated to implants. And I just felt like I don't want to go like under anesthesia someone cut me open and I don't even trust them as a human like it's it's a, a hard thing to explain except for if you're put in that situation to already feel like you've been lied to by an industry that is supposed to be there to protect the well-being of of its people like and I'm not saying the implant industry but if you start to really research things the implant industry is fully in bed with big pharma and FDA and all that is supposed to be there for the good of humanity but you start to realize that it's really just there to keep people sick and keep them in the system and so I felt so betrayed by that already that I was not about to go under the knife again to save my life from someone who didn't have the same values as me okay that makes sense so by the time I met this uh, my dad's patient I called him up that night and his secretary said she would see me he would see me 8 a.m the next morning and I went in there just like completely just reluctant and defeated and when I told him my story he goes I believe you and we're gonna get them out I have an opening in three days and I'm like okay and since my surgery he's never put another implant in he does not believe that they should ever be in the body he what year like, was this well next month will be two years so it was March 2019 so um you said he, he hasn't um, put in any more implants. Like, what happened between the, the start of the surgery to afterwards? Like, what, what was the conversation between you two that made him decide not to? Well, he heard me. He saw me. He He's a freaking human, and he gets that he has, three, he has two daughters, two young daughters and a wife, and he's like, I would never want to put them in a position where I actively know something is harming them, and I do nothing about it. And as a physician you know even though you're a plastic surgeon and people think it's an aesthetic thing but as a doctor you take an oath to want the best for your patient and I think we've gone so far away from that in our you know money hungry consumeristic like aesthetic driven society that it's now just like whatever it's I put in implants and girls are happy and, and it makes me money and it's a happy win-win if you knowingly and willingly participate in in this charade of acting like implants are safe for anybody to me it's like you're you've sold your soul to the devil like it's 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 horrible once you know you can't unknow the stuff that it causes like mm. these doctors weren't informed but I know a lot of them knew what was happening because across the board you can't be an intelligent human you can't be a just 
baseline human as a doctor you have to be somewhat smart I think and have critical thinking and to see all these symptoms be presented and I know they open up women and do replacements and see what's in there after they take out the first set and it's not pretty and the thing that happens is they ignore that to just keep it's like a revolving door the more revisions they have to do the more yeah and it's just revenue Implant industry is a cash cow game. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, publicly traded companies. It's There's a lot of st- at stake when it comes to going after them. So um, what they want to silence people. What did your uh, doctor, the surgeon, what did he see? I mean, he's taken out implants before too. Um, it's just the way in which I presented him all the evidence from all these women I had talked to prior to going in. I was part of a group of 60,000 women that experienced the same thing on Facebook, and then now it's already almost at 200,000. And um, once you present all that, he couldn't really deny that this was all correlated. And then after I took them out, you know, I he was so amazing. He let me film the whole surgery. Like, he's on this little documentary I did. It's on my YouTube. And um, he let me film in. He filmed himself like removing them and then talking about what they looked like and um, what the capsules look like, which is that uh, scar tissue that forms around the implant. It's there to protect your body from the, the foreign entity getting into your bloodstream. But what ends up happening is it pushes through. It's it's just fibers and, and, and like scar tissue is still permeable, even though it's like, it's trying to protect the body, like scar tissue forms around anything that happens internally, like an injury, but um, you can still have the silicone push through the bloodstream. So that's why it's called a microbleed. But um, he pulled those, you have to take those out. A lot of doctors don't take out the capsules and then women get even sicker because they've left those in and that's what's holding on to all the like particles. And then that Mm. gets pushed through the bloodstream. And they end up getting a lot worse quicker. So he he described the whole thing. And then I think what really sent him to the other side of this whole thing was the day after my surgery, um, some women were going to the FDA to argue for getting black box warnings for implants so that the patient can see what all is in them and what the potential risks of putting them in their body are. Because believe it or not, we were never told those things when you get them put in. You're told they're lifetime safe devices and not to be worried and Mm. um and so they were going to the fda to fight that and the new york times wrote an article on it and it was like back to back the day i got out of surgery was the day they went to the fda and it was televised and then the day after that the new york times wrote about breast implantal so it's the first time in history they've ever wrote those words and that Silicone implants can cause BIA-ALCL, which is a lymphoma cancer, and that's what I potentially could have had because of the implants I had, the particular ones I had, and then they finally, like, admitted all this, and I think my doctor just had a light bulb go off, and he was like, all right, like, I'm, I'm going to take a stance for this, and I'm going to be an implant-free practice from here on out, so it's pretty amazing t- for me to watch that domino effect because now the women I talk to um, – it's starting to become like easier for them to find a doctor who will do it, but it's still is going to take a lot of doctors to be vocal and vulnerable about um, their experience. And you still, it's a business. They still have to like prove that it's lucrative and trust me, there's a lot of money in taking them out. And like so many women have them in the U S like the numbers aren't even accurate, but 
and are still getting them that they'll need to get them out. So if they're willing to do that surgery, it's not an easy one. Um, there's a lot to correct. It's like getting them in is just like slice, open up, put in, that's it. Getting them out is like a whole, whole thing. <laughs> it's like it's a train wreck in there to get them out. The body mm. does a great job trying to protect itself. So it just, so it's a mess. So they, uh, the body adapts to them uh, as far as like uh, the, the placement? When I you guess. I mean, it depends how you look at adapting. The body's amazing. The body's made perfectly. So it's going to protect you, you know, if you put anything in like a hip replacement and you form scar tissue around it. Mm. Um, it's just that these are placed over such a major organ and uh, they're just, you know, constantly being like pressure put on them and then stretched and like all this, they go through a lot of things that it's easier for them to be affect, affecting the body more, you know, like um, whether or not you have kids or not or like hormonal changes or like they're always fluctuating, there's always pressure being put on them and like when, when you have so much like blood being pumped, there's just risk for complications even more and and that's why I think, like, we're seeing now such a um, surgence of, of women talking about how sick they are because it's finally clicking for them. Like, they've been sick for years and years and never being able to correlate it. Now we have all these things like brain fog and adrenal fatigue and, and hormonal syndromes, and they cannot correlate them. Well, like, when you have implants, it just throws everything off. So whatever women are going through now just because of, things happening in the so you air have to and use the food like it's being triple that effect for people who already have a compromised immune system because of their implants okay so like uh the process of you getting them removed you said it was a lot more than getting them in so what what did you experience that was um i mean it's it was a lot harder physically like pain wise to get them out uh for me, because I'm a, I have a stronger chest uh, muscle and they were placed over the muscle, the scar tissue had attached itself to my muscle, to my ribs, to my um, kind of like my bicep tendon. Like it had spread everywhere. So the surgery to remove it was pretty gruesome. He had to, like, he's an amazing surgeon. He had to cauterize like little, like micro, you know, millimeters to be able to make sure he wasn't hitting like nerves, arteries, blood vessels, but um, he had to take out a lot of breast tissue that I had already had, but it was so engulfed with, like, the scar tissue and the silicone, so it's just, he, he, yeah, he was like, it was a train wreck, but we did it, so I had a lot of, um, I still have, like, a lot of nerve pain um, where he had to scrape the silicone off the bone. We probably should put, like, warning things before saying some stuff for anyone who's crazy. But uh, I'm, like, so I love talking about all this stuff because it's fascinating to me. But, um, you know, I want to let girls know it's not, like, 100% easy after, but it's 100% worth it. Like, I, night and day, woke up, didn't have pneumonia, have literally, knock on wood, never been sick since surgery. Um, How long after surgery did you start feeling... More like yourself. Less than 24 hours. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. It's it's an amazing, huh. like, unless Great. you go through it, you have no idea how the change is, like, women literally just say, like, I, I feel like I have my life back. And you may not have all the symptoms gone yet, but it's this overwhelming, like, the weight is not on you anymore. I could breathe. I took a 
big breath that I'd never, I hadn't taken in six years and you didn't even realize you couldn't breathe until you get them out. And you're like, oh, this is what like actual deep breaths are like, you know, and um, the brain fog went away within probably two days. And yeah, then you had to detox from like the months and months and months and months of antibiotics that I was on, which really affect people and it really affect women especially. And so I did a detox protocol and I'm still, you know, I still struggle with some things that the body takes a little bit longer to process, but that's why like I'm moving into doing this talk show that I'm actually launching in a few weeks about breast implant illness. And I'm interviewing like a bunch of really amazing women and telling their stories because they all do look differently. Yeah. It's just, I want women to know like that you can still use your voice, even if you're not like where you want to be with it you know for Mm -hmm. me I held myself back from doing it because I was like I don't want to let them see me like still going through things and not being like a light for them or or inspiring them to do it but at the end of the day like I can't deny what I've been through at the end of the day they still have to make their decision and I hope that it's the one where they choose their health whatever that looks like you Mm -hmm. know and if even if it's going to be a longer road you still get to start somewhere if you have them in I won't say you're not going to get healthy, but there's there's like a threshold to it and you might not go beyond that, you know. So when you initially got them, um, how did it make you feel when you initially got breast implants? Well, I had been bodybuilding and I think that if you're not, I was very competitive already. Like I played division one soccer in college and I just am a very, as we talked about, driven person. So as soon as I transitioned that into the world of bodybuilding, I was like, well, I want to make it to the top spot. You know, I need to prove myself, all the bullshit that was in my head back then. Um, and I believed I could. And then when I started competing, the response I was getting was like, okay, you know, we love your your physique, but we're really looking for a symmetrical look. And so like this, they keep using the word symmetrical. I was like, well, what the this, heck this is unstaged that? feedback yeah, from the yeah, judges? Yeah. And people within the industry, they're like, they're like, they're looking for symmetry. And I'm like, okay. Well, and so a lot of it was conditioning my lower body more because I had, I had bigger legs and bigger butt. And, and I was like, well, what is conditioning? They're like, get rid of it, basically. I'm like, I played soccer and like printed my whole life. How do you just get rid of a butt? So that already was hard enough. And then, and then obviously, like, having small boobs, they're like, and it probably means implants. And, uh, and then that was when I was like, okay. Um, so I competed for a year straight. I did, like, six shows, which was really hard on my body already to do that many in a year. And you get down to a really low body percentage. And as a female, you lose, like, all breast tissue. And so all the demons came to my, you know, forefront of, like, oh, you thought you looked like Tam the man back then? Now look at yourself. You look like a 14-year-old boy, you know? And I just, I had all this this darkness in my head, and I went, you know what? Like, I've worked hard. I have the money. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them. And it's crazy because I never competed again after getting them. You would think, like, I'd get them and then go back into that world and, like, yeah, now I'm going to win. I got them, and then I was like, F this. Like, no one's going to tell me the way that I need to look to win you know, this trophy, which gets me nothing. Like, they all promise to get you, like, sponsorships with this or a magazine with this, and it's all BS. It's all politics. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to create my own lane, and that's when I got on social media and was like, there's something to this. But it was not anymore to compete. And the boobs didn't, at that point, didn't matter to me because I was already, But when you first got them, how did it make you feel? Honestly, uh, 
at first I was like, this is weird as fuck. Like it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't look like they're a part of me. And eventually like I gained weight because when you're really thin, you can see like the difference, you know, like they're very pronounced. But as I started to gain weight again after competing, they just started to look natural. And I didn't go big. Like a lot of women get like probably the normal thing is like 300 to 500 cc's which depending on how much breast tissue you have puts you at like a double d and like I got 250 cc's so it only put me at like a small c and I have a larger frame so I could carry them so a lot of people didn't even really know I had them so when it wasn't something like I led with like oh look at my big old boobs but it just made me feel more confident and I think it it allowed me to pursue a career in this field that I don't think I would have had the confidence to so that's why I look at it as a as a divine thing too because maybe if I hadn't had that confidence I wouldn't have built this platform but then the funniest thing is I built this platform to then use it to talk about the thing that allowed me to build it that I took out of my body that you know it's like this weird amazing turn of events that I'm grateful for Mm -hmm. I wish I didn't have to go through but at the same time I'm like screw it if anyone can do it it's me and I'm like I love being able to help women find their lives again like and it's the most humbling and truly empowering things to sit there and like hold someone's hand through like the craziest darkest time of their life and then walk with them as they find the light after like that's something the fitness world could have never given me that gift you can transform someone's body, whatever, they can lose weight and feel good about themselves. But like when someone goes from, I want to drive my car off the cliff, I'm so sick to holy crap, I never knew I could feel this good in my own skin. And I wasn't lifting weights and it wasn't eating a diet. It was just getting back to who you are at your truest state, no matter what you look like. And really after the surgery, you don't look cute shit's all fucked up (laughs) like it's not it's not cute sorry for the language but um you know scars and deformities and abnormalities and imbalances and all the you know bs that the world tries to tell you isn't you know it needs to be fixed and it's aesthetically not pleasing and maybe you're not as feminine or sexy as as the you know media would portray but you feel it's a hard thing to explain you feel more yourself which in turn leads to just an inert femininity that is like unexplainable so like that's what I try to to tell women is like yeah you might have some days where you're like I kind of miss the big boobs like they but then you're like no I don't that's that was ingrained in me exactly and it's not something I need and yeah it was maybe fun or whatever but it also brought a whole litany of things that like, it drew people to me that weren't really about me, you know? They're about the the idea of Tamara Day. It wasn't, like, who I was at my core. And, mm. like, why do I want people that are in my life that aren't... They want to stand next to me, but they don't want to be, like, with me on that journey, you know? And mm. it, it cleared a lot of people out of my life, personally, business-wise, and, and, yeah, in a lot of ways. So it was a great revealing about who's really there for you. So you, you believe natural is the way to go? Mm, everyone's going to have their own journey. I can't sway someone one way or the other. What to do be you honest, believe? Like, I mean, what, what do you mean by what do I believe? If it's the way to go. Well, like, breast implants are not natural. So. Well, a lot of people put unnatural things in their body to get 
like I said, a hip replacement, knee replacement. You're putting, you know, But I'm talking about breast implants. Oh, I would say that they're the scariest thing ever if you want to put it in your body, but do you. Like, I cannot stop someone. If someone would have told me not to get them back when I wanted them, I don't know if I would have listened to them. I was determined. That was my path. So I just say, here are the facts. Here's what happened to me. Hey, here's what happened to God knows how many millions of women. Now make up your own mind. It's called informed consent. We don't get it in our society. So there's, there's definitely a risk, but um, the influence, just this this from my perspective, influence is more um, influential, is, is more powerful. Than I think so. I think we have these platforms now, and it's an amazing opportunity and time and history to, I call it, infiltrate versus influence you can infiltrate the minds of people and that's how you destroy the the system from the inside out versus going after telling people what they shouldn't do and what these companies are doing to you it's more like how do we change the narrative narrative around how we look at what we're putting in our bodies and why we're putting them in and what they can what causes certain things to happen like if I would have known those things like if I would have known what it means to truly live inside my own body to own my my temple like it's just you have to go and do the deep work to un to unravel it all and taking them out allowed me to do that but now I in turn get to talk to these women about what that looks like prior to ever getting them in so that now I'm getting these like amazing messages from girls going, I heard your story. I went to these other women's stories. I'm not going to get them now. And like, that's how you ch- start changing and having a domino effect in a society where it's no longer like the first thing you think of is like, oh yeah, I want to get breast implants. Like it's, oh, have you heard that? Like they can cause this, like it just has to change that one thing so to th- then have the conversation about that's it. That's the risk. How do you influence, positive influence or uh, empower women to be content with them, themselves without anything. I think extra. We have, it's a huge battle. I don't. I don't think it's an easy undertaking, but it's what I'm trying to do. It's. It starts with sharing your own testimony and me talking about how getting them out was the first step in me actually looking at myself and in a in a in a way that's like I have to look at all the good, bad, and the ugly, the choices I've made, the life I've lived, the person I've been. Um, you start to really have an appreciation for how your body functions and how you function as a person um, and as a woman over the aesthetic of it. And Mm. it's an, it's a, like you said, it's a reprogramming that might take us years to do because we've had generations programming it into us that we are not good enough as we are, especially living in this, you know, consumeristic world that we live in. It's, if you have the money to, why not change it? Well, it, that's just, that's our normal narrative now. And, and it's become so normalized across social media that the first thing we go is if there's something wrong, just go fix it. Versus if there's something wrong, let's look at it. Let's bring it up. Let's try to address it. Let's, you know, this idea of like transmuting trauma versus just trying to, to cover it up. We're, we're covering up everything, you know, whether it's, the makeup, the clothes, the, you know, our, our physical aesthetic bodies, like they're just, 
they're there to tell us what's going on within us, like mm. especially our skin's trying to tell us what's going on. Our health is trying to tell us what's going on. And I was ignoring it. I was like, let's just put more things on. Let's, let's build muscle. Let's like put on boobs. Let's change my hair. Let's put on makeup. Like, and not saying that all those across the board are like what's wrong with our society. Just for me, what I had to look at was what are all these things? What am I trying to really cover up? And why am I so afraid to be just myself? in in this industry and 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 in my life and I've just happened to be going through this in more of a public way than I kind of had anticipated and I I welcome it now even though it scares the crap out of me sometimes being like why am I talking about all this stuff all the time but then you know I'm really blessed every day to have messages from women just saying changing lives how much yeah that they're able to get their lives back and I go okay like it's it's worth shedding all the layers in front of people and being this kind of yeah like a walking testimony but like literally walking through it at the same time from your perspective who or what is influencing women to uh influencing women and telling them that they're not good enough okay well i have some theories on that i think i've done a lot of uh my own internal research like with other women going through the same surgeries, but then also uh, looking at the um, the effects of social media on younger and younger uh, people's minds. And, you know, we have this instant gratification mind with social media, and a lot of it comes down to if we... So really the pervasive mentality is YOLO. Like, you only live once, right? So do whatever makes you happy. And if we have that mentality, you're left with people being like, well, screw it. I'm just going to, I want to feel how I want to feel. I want to look how I want to look. And I want everything to go my way to make me feel good because I only get to do this once. Well, that right there takes away the whole idea of actually having to, like, unearth stuff that's going on in in you. It's takes away the needing and wanting to heal from things that you've been affected by and uh it's a bunch of distractions so we live in a very Mm. distractive just a distracted society but that happens over time that doesn't happen just at the advent of social media or even the internet it's been pervasive amongst our culture since i think the dawn of media and when you know television came about and the idea that you can spread information at such a you know far-reaching place and you can mind control people into believing certain things about themselves believing things about the world then you start infiltrating them at a younger age and and all of a sudden like all the images are being shown and you're being told is that like you and who you are is not enough and what that leads to is feeling like okay then I will pay for things that can change that so we just drive consumerism like our world had to go that way if you don't if you live in a society where people don't feel like they have to change you can't run like a prolific consumeristic economy it just doesn't work because we're driven by the need for more things that's what keeps this whole system going and if you told women you don't need that makeup you don't need those boobs you don't need those fancy clothes shit would fall apart you think it's a money thing or like when you say follow money you say what 
know it's a money but thing. That's what I was just But, but I don't know what your perspective is. That's what I'm asking. Well, I mean, that's maybe I didn't explain it well enough because it's all in my head and I'm still working out this theory. But we all signed up to live in this time, whether we want to believe it or not. We're living in this time and we're living in this society. If you live in the United States or any of the first world countries, we're run by consumerism, especially with the advent of being able to buy shit on our phones at the touch of a you know finger mm-hmm. and in order for that system and that ball to keep rolling people have to want more and more i have to get the newer phone i have to get the newer this i have to get this better and this better and i have to be able to um you know change myself because if i make myself better then people will, i'll be able to do more things i'll be it's like just this more and more and more society so of course things like altering ourselves to look better goes hand in hand with that because if you my theory I'm still working it out Hmm. is that since I'll say like anthropologically in our history as humans it's natural for a man to be the protector and a woman to be the person who carries forth life and nature versus nurture if you're looking at like survival of the fittest like the strongest man is who like the woman's going to choose to protect the house right and how does a woman find the strongest man she has to be the most appealing for him to want to carry forth life with we live in a society where there is no such thing anymore as like truly protecting someone so how does a man have to be the most prolific he has to either make the most money or drive nice cars, but have this this persona of being someone that provides quote-unquote safety for a woman and a a woman looking at how to carry forth a house or carry forth, you know, the next generation. They're going to look for how do I do that? Okay, it's by somebody who has money or influence or power or these things that quote-unquote provide this safety. Like, it's still ingrained in our brains. It just looks totally different now. It looks like the more beautiful woman will attract the wealthier man, and then we will, we shall conquer. You Live know, like, happily ever after. I mean, that's what society will tell us. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's the idea. Is more more of everything can give you this like immortality key, and it's not like it's a fallacy, but it keeps the the wheels churning, and it keeps people wanting to buy things, to fix ourselves, to change ourselves. And the whole system would be just, it would crash if everyone just went like, I'm content. Like it doesn't work for our society. So then would you say that society has to change? I think it'd be awesome. Do I believe that it will? No, but I think that. You don't believe society will ever change? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fortune teller, but I know that if you believe in the things I believe in that. But you're a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know that what's happening right now is just a sign of the times. Hmm. I can still be a light for people and hope that they can find like health and peace in their life. I'm not going to bring that to them, but if I can be just a little bit of a catalyst or a little bit plant the seed and then have them find oh, yeah, it you're on doing themselves, that as we speak. Then, then I can't. Then I, I. Then that's me living on purpose, you know, and in purpose. And, you know, they say like, oh, one person can change the world. Like you can, you can make an effect on people that has a huge domino effect. And that's what I'm trying to do because otherwise nothing else sits in my soul. Thank you. And 
and I'm not being a pessimist and like, I don't think we can change society, but I think this is where we need to be right now as a society. And so how do we buck that system? We use our own testimony. We use our own experiences. We don't need more knowledge. We don't need more information. We need people being like, I'm the testimony. And this is what we need. We need that actual connection. It's why, you know, those in power, whatever, keeping us in this. The testimony is knowledge. Like, yeah. I, I just learned a lot from your testimony. Thanks. And, awesome. and they're going to learn a lot from your testimony. I hope so. I'm sure you probably yeah. didn't realize, oh, I'm having this girl and we're just going to talk about tits the whole time. But mm. I mean, I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but I was <laughs> open to it. Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. And not yeah. many men kind of are. It's, it's really a, still a taboo well, thing. Men ha- we have distractions as well. So we'll, we'll focus on a lot of the wrong things. and um, We all are, trust <laughs> me. It's not the, just the you physical, guys. We're all distracted. We're too focused on the physical as well, on ourselves and, yeah. and each I mean, other. Even the fitness world, it's a lot of like, let's just build up the muscle in hopes that it will change my life. Right. But you haven't worked on anything within, and then you just end and up Mental crumbling. and spiritual. Yeah. And I think it's all intertwined. Like, I'll never, I mean, I don't know, but I don't think I'll ever give up like the fitness aspect of my life the athleticism but do I look at it as the end-all be-all or do I look at it as like if I'm not in shape my whole world's gonna crumble like I don't look at it anymore now I'm just like can I move my body how do I feel I can get out of bed I can walk my dog like these are joys like this is a beautiful thing now that I didn't have access to prior to so that's how I'm walking it out now and any woman that and any person that's trying to make that transformation in their life they don't have to have breast implants and they don't have to have a a crazy ass story but in order to get to that place where you realize like fixing in here is the first step this will never truly change and change for the long term if you don't work on what's going on inside and you know like it takes discipline consistency and yeah we'll have to do another episode on where we just f- focus on the interior and like yeah. how how to help women um you know be content you know, yeah, well, let's do that when I'm still working through that part because my unraveling has only been in the last, I mean, I've been doing quote-unquote inner work for many, many years, but I could have never got to the place where I'm at now had I never removed what was, was stopping me from looking at that stuff. So now I feel like just a newborn. I feel like I'm only a year and a half out from, like, Happy doing birthday. this work. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So I, I just, I'm excited about where this is taking me about the the people that I can affect the people I can touch and how they're gonna touch others it's like that's so powerful to me and so like that's why I appreciate people like you being open to me talking about this stuff thank you because I it's it's so um it's just a true testament to like the power of being um connected when they don't want us to be connected you know like it's just um it's really awesome that, that we're able to do this and that, you know, something like fitness brought it together. Yeah. It is. So, it like, is. You, I know you, you've been working more on your relationship with God. Like, mm-hmm. when did you, like, you know, take a I think my, step my, my biggest step was just uh, being, I had left my relationship. I had pneumonia. I was at my sickest I've ever, ever been. And I, it was, like. I didn't have my dog. My my ex at the time had said, like, you're not getting the dog. And I was devastated. Oh, and that's I a was, big one. <laughs> I know. That was my baby. And, uh, you know, I was just at, like, a really low point in my life. I had suffered from depression for a few years before that, which now looking back was probably due to my implants as well because that is a, a symptom. But I, I 
it was it was terrible for me. Um, I just didn't want to live. And I remember I, um, I just I didn't have a relationship with God. So I'm like, just I um, guess I'm gonna pray. And I don't have any idea what I'm praying to, but I know like I can't do this anymore. And I think I don't know if it was audible or just a knowing, but I heard like a voice that came through, just boom, and it was like, I have a plan for your life. I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't know it would take me here, but that was the first step. And then I started going to, um, well, then it's a longer story, which is probably part two of this. I was led to my lifting coach, who ends up being my pastor, who I end up going this amazing four-year journey on to, like, yeah. build my Prior lifting coach or a new lifting coach? Um, I never had a coach before that. He was like, this guy just kind of, I walked into his life. I was doing a photo shoot at his gym, and um, I came with like a dislocated shoulder and I was going through like, you know, it was just a bad situation for me physically, mentally. And I remember I was like crying on the floor after I did this move and it just was not a good one. And he just stood over me and he like gave his hand and like lifted yeah. me up and he's like, like, you know, God brought you here. And I was like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> and that just like started this, I'm just going to press in. And then when I was going through my real sickness, um, Again, I'm in like a meditative prayer mode and I just heard like, get them out and I'll take care of the rest. And I didn't really know it was the implants because it wasn't until like 12 hours later that I came across that page that talked about breast implant illness. Interesting. But I just heard get them out and I was like, all right. You can't deny those certain experiences that you have. And I mean, this is before me even understanding how God works, who God is, any of it. You know, it's not how I was raised. And it's just been on the most amazing, beautiful journey for me to know that not only was he guiding me through this whole sickness into where I'm at now, but he's been with me since before I knew him. And that, to me, is the most empowered I could ever feel. You could, t- you, I could read every single book. I could watch every you know, woman's conference, I could do every, you know, I could have a gazillion followers that tell me you're freaking awesome, Tamara, you inspire me. I never felt so empowered to know, like, the per- the one who created me knows exactly where I'm, I am, exactly what I've been through. It helps heal every bit of, like, from every trauma I had. It's just like, I've done years of therapy, Poof. and I did years of therapy. It's like, that's the, the greatest thing about this is I would do the surgery, the sickness, 20 times over if it meant getting to a place where I'm like, I've been protected and I'm still being guided. Amen. Amen. Wow, that was powerful. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how to top that. Um, I would say um, <laughs> bef- before we close out, like uh, what would you, uh, some advice you would leave for the, the female audience before, uh, before we uh, wrap advice? here? Advice? Yeah, oh you've, gi- you've given us a lot of it, but how... how how, how, would you like to put icing on the cake like with what you just ended like that was that was powerful I love, like I do love icing, I'm ready to go work out <laughs> um for women or just I think this is just for people in general um but they're, they're right here but advice for like living for what I'm no guru like how, how, how do you how I do just you, just walk it out how do you, how do you want to end this just walk it out day by day and know that your steps are being guided if you just are willing to surrender and not be in control it's the most freeing thing you could ever do it's the scariest but um it's the thing that will set you free so surrender, i, li- I, I like that you, you got some powerful words like <laughs> the sur- surrender sounds 
you know, uh, initially it might sound like you're giving up a lot. Especially Sca- in the military, scary, right? But, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, 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 you want to be in control of a lot of things, but we really, we're not in control of everything. And um, being honest about these things and like being vulnerable when you're supposed to be actually empowers us. And um, like I said, we'll do another, another episode where we talk about um, preventive Mindset measures. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I really Thank appreciate you. Thank you for having you. me on here and just, no, no, no. yeah, being open to me talking about this. I hope that literally if it touches one of you my story if you have questions about it touch me see you never because you never know maybe you're gonna date someone who has implants and you're like oh my god i uh, heard this i have you, right and, and, and maybe and now it's like you're thinking oh my god she had these problems and the, I mean, not problems <laughs> but like no, maybe she was going through things and i didn't know hmm. i think if anyone hears this and like male female and you're like something light bulb goes off reach out to someone. And when we open up that conversation of like, maybe it could be this, you never know like the spark that it could cause. And um, so, and I'm opening it up to anyone who watches this or listens to this, that you can DM me, reach out to me. If you have any questions, I'm, I'm very vocal. About, Links in the description. Yeah. About how to move through the process of, of even just learning about it more. I'll give you all the links and then, and then holding your hand through that process. So that's important me oh yeah. very well spoken again oh, thank, thank you. you guys um please uh comment down below and uh share some feedback definitely share with your friends males and females like subscribe she's gonna have her own show and um podcast so stay tuned for that guys yes, and uh, her links you. will be in the description tamara's day <laughs> thank oh, you that's great thank you nice i appreciate you